Well, welcome to this episode of uh, tentatively called On the Road with uh, Scotland's favorite son, James Thompson. A pleasure to join you again for this. At least this time we're going to do it. Well, we're going to try and do it episode for episode, but it seems appropriate that our first attempt last week at getting this podcast road trip going was thwarted by a blown tire. So It was, and my name's Mose. In case you didn't read it in the show notes and you figured, oh, who's doing Preacher? Well, you knew it was James, but it's also me. And this is a little bit more exciting because we're actually breaking out the episodes, and we had people who want to participate this year, which is nice. Yeah, except they've all got something better to do this time on a Saturday morning. So That's right. So, you know. Maybe in the weeks to come, we will have special guests. That's right. Um, we are hoping so, because I and you like this show a lot. Yeah, I mean, we should say, if you haven't watched season one, well, you really should, and also, why the hell are you listening to us right now? But uh, we watched season one and we tried to convince other people to watch it at the time and didn't get very far. But we did our recap episode on that. And uh, yeah, we're going to jump in and talk about the the first two episodes, I think, here so that we can catch up slightly. Uh, we're both watching this at weirdly different schedules. It turns out I was getting these episodes like ahead of you for once. Um, so I could be up to episode four. I think you can now as well. I can but, now. Yeah. Well, um, you know, AMC and, well, I blame Hulu first because I bought Hulu Live and they had Preacher last season. Then they didn't. This season, I tweeted them and they said, thanks for the interest. We'll look into it, which means uh, you're not going to get it. So that put me into a gray zone, and so I was looking for trucks to, you know, push stuff off uh, into my TV set, and then I found the AMC app. So if you uh, are looking for a free way, the AMC app is great, but if you live outside the United States and you have Prime, you can use Amazon. Yeah, definitely in the UK, it's showing up week for week on Amazon Prime now, which is, I think it did last time, but I didn't notice it. But um, yeah, it's really good um, because as we were saying, we can watch it timely together without any sort of dodgy dealings. That's right. We can all be on the up and up. So let's get on the road with episode one on the road. Yeah, I mean, like we're hitting the road uh just just after the at the end of the last season and you know following the destruction of the town jesse cassidy and tulip are on a road trip to search for god who's gone missing and i gather this is closer to where the comics start even though i haven't read any of them still but i kind of don't want to because i have absolutely no idea where this series is going and i want to be surprised as yeah. we go along this trip you know this kind of feels in pitch with the same kind of things you hear with the Walking Dead folks. Um, yes, this is like the comic. No, this is completely different. And I was at the local library, and I actually was thumbing through uh, a preacher or graphic novel. And boy, I'll tell you, they have... I, I, I didn't read very much of it, but it, the overall look and structure seems to be on par. and. Tell me if I'm wrong, because my, my memory is not what, what it once was, but does it seem like they've amped up the gore factor? Because the gore factor in the comic is rather high, and starting out with episode one, wow. Yeah, I mean, there were bits in this that I think that they were possibly pushing it further, just, you know, to see if they could get a reaction. Um there are bits in it that, you know, there's, it's like more squibs going off than a Sam Peckinpah movie. It's just like... But then again, I just watched uh, American Gods, and that goes further than Preacher does in some ways. So, yeah. Um, but I did feel that the gore um, was more than I remembered from last time. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I... But 
Hey, you know, and I also think about, I've been watching, obviously, Seth Rogen going around and doing the rounds on different, you know, YouTube and, and whatnot, um, and, and different media outlets. And there's always this feeling I, I get, like, Seth Rogen behind the camera, like, let's just do some really crazy stuff, stuff that, that, that no one has seen. I, I can just kind of see him saying it and just laughing. And like these, especially the montage in the beginning. And I would say there, there's quite a few montages between episode one and episode two. We'll get to two, but this um, kind of uh, dirty film look of uh, Come On Eileen as they're going down the highway is really interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Just the opening of them... Uh discussing whether come on eileen is a good song and then you know the cop is going to pull them over and you know i love a car chase and then yeah the film drops down into this kind of 70s look film scratches everything and i don't know if it's because they didn't want to like they didn't think that they could pull off a real high stakes you know car chase on the budget that they had and so they just kind of go a bit silly with it but um, it, it works really well, um, and then of course, right at the end of it, you know the the engine dies and the cops catch up with them. All because Tula wanted to go a hundred miles an hour on a you know barely a tank of gas. Yeah. So and yes. they're, they're, and they're and they're searching. You know, we we learned at the end of season one that God has gone missing. He has walked away from heaven apparently yeah and that that's the sort of the big mystery is um where's he gone and uh jesse wants answers because i think he's had his crisis of faith and he's had his um well now he's got the 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 literal word of god in in him and yeah he wants answers so i think they're they're trying to get god not so much to rescue him but to just sort of find out what the hell is going on well, yeah, because at the end of season one, it was almost like uh, this this turning of everybody, which eventually led to the town blowing up, um, sort of in an, in an indirect sort of way. But it, it's like this: wait a minute, you God, you've got to be in the place that we know you to go to be in. So it's almost as if I don't know if if they're trying to rescue him or kind of say, hey. We still need you. I don't, I, I, that's the thing I've been trying to pull at for these two episodes that I've seen is what's the theme that they're shooting for? And I haven't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, Jesse says a couple of times that he, you know, God's got a lot to answer for. And I think he, he just wants to. I don't know. I mean, he he seems to have decided that the. This gift that he has is, you know, uh, deliberately, he ended up with it deliberately. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's, some, there's some bits in it, in, like we'll come to in episode two with, with you know, what, what's going on here. But yeah, it's, I don't think, I think it's like the, the journey is the important thing here. I think when they actually catch up with him, I'm assuming it's going to be somewhat anticlimactic, even if they if they ever do, and I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a fever dream, and I want to let you let you deduce if this was real or not. They are down on their journey, and they go to another preacher's house. Well, let let let's not skip forward. Okay, past okay. The, right. the the the. So what they they have the cops the and you know Jesse uses the word on them and uh, Tulip is unimpressed and says that you know uh, he shouldn't use this smoky brain hand thing um, too often and that will again come back. But then when they're having this discussion, there's like this sort of uh, blip off on the horizon, and then you just hear the sort of bullet whoosh past and then suddenly there's more and then yeah everybody starts pretty much to explode um in a in a hail of these 
like um, god bullets div- yeah divine bullets coming being fired from you know a mile away or something and i think that initial uh, one was that the one that ripped off the guy's head but left his jaw and i was i was just like wow this, i think that's where i was just like the stakes or the effects have just gotten ramped way up yeah i i mean the the that's it's an impressive start um and and of course yes it ends with them having to uh siphon some gas out of the cop car into their car oh and and the only only possible thing that they could use is the intestines of one of the cops uh, so you see tulip with you know blood all over her face and uh, a look of general uh unpleasantness but you know and you know that's one of those things where it's like you could make choices and i'm glad they made the choice that way because it it added this macabre uh comedy to it you know with the way in which it was cut because it you know you could have gone you know and and show everything but i like what preacher doesn't show and it it gives it that really macabre darkness yeah, I mean, and it's it also had the the intestines trailing out the back of the car as they <laughs> drove away from the gas station. Um, oh, and there was also the scene where the like the that got me more than anything else was like where um, Cassidy is under the cop car and is trying to like hide from the sunshine, and he like moves the other cop so his head is breaking oh. the thing and then the the vehicle just does go over it and that is showing more than you know that's not just leaving it to the imagination no not at all yeah so, so yeah, his that head was used as a chalk and it uh it popped yeah and that was the point where i thought like you i think they've upped the the gore for this uh this series it 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 was very strong so then they they te- you know tear off after these cops have been literally decimated um by we don't know this yet but we'll go ahead and say it's the saint of killers yeah which is really a kind of a cool combination of words but it adds up for the most kind of homicidal cowboy you could ever imagine that has no pity and no uh no cap on 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 what he does yeah and he seems to just take out anybody who gets not even in his way but just is in the vicinity yeah it's not like just well you know i have judged you to have been covering up or whatever which it seemed like initially but then it's like no literally anyone who is just in a sort of one mile zone around him. Yeah, he's uh, just a machine of death. Um, and yeah, so they they end up they uh they're going to see this Bible scholar friend uh, Mike, who I think is the he's the preacher who married uh, Jesse's parents or something like that. Okay, this this involves my fever dream, and I think this happened to me like in a dream, but I took it as reality. <laughs> All right, here here's the here's what happened. I thought Jesse in season 1 said something to a senator or a representative and it was that character, that minister that they're going to see and he changed his life and became a minister and that's why he's ministering uh the way in which he does, which seems a little uh strange and and quote unorthodox. Um, hmm. am, am I completely insane? I think I am, right? That didn't I, happen. I don't remember that, which does not mean it didn't happen. And, you know, your your sanity is open to question at the best of times. But, yes. Um, I don't think that happened. Okay, well, I, I, I like my idea in, in, in all of this, but I'm willing to accept that I made that up. With this show, I really, I couldn't be sure. Yeah, I mean, there's who knows. Um, yeah, so they they go and they they head in. Jesse heads in and leaves the two of them in the car, and uh, they hear this crying woman who turns out to be in a cage who desperately wants a phone. My assumption at the time was because um, 
she wanted to call for help or whatever, but it turned out, you know, she had a an Instagram addiction or something, and he was trying to cure her through very unorthodox methods. Um, and yeah, so, you know, they tell him that God is gone and he has no interest in helping them. Seems to be a theme throughout the the series so far. And he says, yeah, I'm not going to help you, but, you know, stay the night here before you head off. And so we end up with the three of them, three of our heroes in bed together. Um, various combinations of which have slept together. Uh, and that become that is also a theme just before with um, <clears throat> Cassidy and Tulip and discussing the fact that should we tell Jesse that we got together? And we learn something that I think is going to be big inside of this season, which is we've never seen Jesse uh, fully irate and angry. And apparently he has a very, very dark side that we've not seen. Yeah. They, they're pushing think- that, 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 that really heavy, like they're, they're, they're laying down foundational work that he's going to snap. Yeah, I I I think definitely there's um there's there's been hints of his past throughout the whole thing and hints of her past as well. And I think at least her past is going to become uh fairly apparent soon. So I'm I'm assuming that we're going to get more on his as well. And so they have a discussion uh Jesse and the and the other preacher and I can't remember his name. He's um, Mike, I think. Mike. And, you know, he tells Mike, you know, I, my dad told me some, I was going to be, you know, something was big in store for me. And that's what he is kind of assuming that having Genesis, the voice of God, is. That's his big thing. That, this, this, is, this is what he was meant for. Yeah. Um, but he still he's not convinced and and it's only later on when uh Mike asks for a demonstration of the power and he he gets him to throw away his whiskey glass or something and uh he's convinced that there is you know that he's not just making this whole thing up and uh Mike gives him a card for a woman Tammy who claims that she has met God and as he puts it, works at a sort of a dance hall. Right. And, and sort of a dance hall is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a jazzy strip club. Yeah. But we also have the, the as they've gone away, the, the Saint of Killers turns up at his place and he pulls himself a whiskey, gets out a knife and he tucks the knife in in his chair. And I thought, I kind of know where this is going to go. and. Yeah, he's not going to give up the preacher. And the Saint of Keller says, you know, that knife isn't going to stop me. And he goes, no, but it's going to stop me telling you. Boy, I mean, just the resolve in, the, in some of these, these subordinate characters. Yeah, I mean, the, the actor guy, I know him from 24 and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that was well done. Yeah, he usually plays kind of a G-man of sorts. Yeah, he's, a, he's the sort of like go-to military colonel-y type as well, yeah. I did like the interaction upon re-watching this morning uh, with him, Mike, and Cassidy and, and them at the table. Like, you know, I, I, I read these books in Mesopotamia. And he's just, and they're like, oh, really? And he's like, no, there's nothing on the books about God, you know, walking the earth. Nothing. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, it, was, it was like, oh, here are all these tropes of, well, kind of typical comic booky sort of um, stories. Well, not so much even comic booky. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of debasing a little bit. But like all these, the usual tropes of I know something and I have this a special, you know, MacGuffin. He's like, no, this doesn't exist. There is no MacGuffin. Yeah, so in the end, all they've got is a business card. So should we go on down to the, uh, the uh, dance hall? Yes, why not? So, yeah, we've... we've uh, they're in the, the, 
the strip club effectively and you know they're saying you know maybe it's just a cover or something but no it's just a strip club but uh as they come in tulip is listening to the news and there's a report of a town blowing up and then just as they're about to say where it is she gets distracted which happens a number of times in this first episode um and they uh cassidy goes off to get into trouble and uh, Tulip and Jesse go in to talk to this Tammy woman. And you could see in the background of the whole scene as they're talking to Tammy, <laughs> is him getting into increasingly greater trouble uh, on the video screen uh, just over their shoulder. Well, he thought there was a three-second rule. Apparently in yeah. most, most establishments, there's at least a three-second rule. Yeah, and as they say, that's for food. Right. Um, but yeah, she says she did see God, and uh, she again is not well, not really willing to help them. And there's a a moral debate goes on with Jesse and Tulip about you know can he use Genesis for this? And she's like, well, not really. And you know this goes back and forward, and eventually. Um, she pulls a knife and isn't going to help them. Uh, but the the bouncer outside uh, has a gun. He shoots the gun, uh, shooting, shooting at Cassidy, and it comes straight through the wall and, of course, hits her. And in her dying moments, uh, she says, you know, uh, God didn't come here for the girls, you idiot. You know, he came here for the jazz. So that's their big clue. Um, where to go next, I guess. And during this, uh, Cassidy, well, now I believe it's after or just before this, he, Cassidy has seen something on TV. And I, th- yeah, I think it's just after this. He's, yeah. when, when they check into, so they, they leave and they check into a hotel, motel place, and which has the, what was it, the, I wrote down the name of it. I come back to it later, but it has the the gun owners convention in, it. and I thought, well, I'm sure that's going to be relevant later. And they are the two of them are in the room, and uh, Casty's in his room, and he's looking at the TV, and he sees this advert for the amazing Ganesh. Uh, and yeah, and then we have the very interesting line in foreplay between Jesse and Tulip. Uh, well, and, and 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 it seems like like their relationship. I can't remember if they actually like. Did they have sex in the in the first season? I don't remember them doing that. But now it seems like they're definitely coming together, uh, so to speak. Yeah, um, I mean, clearly they had before, and you know they're they're getting back into their sort of old. Uh, uh old way of doing things it seems uh but yeah there's the moment at the end where he goes outside for a cigarette and you know the we see the saint of killers turning up on the horizon um turns points the gun at jesse and then boom black screen end of episode and you know of course had to go on and watch the next episode of, of course point. but during that that scene with Cassidy I, sw- I I was looking at it and I did a double take because I was like wait a minute that looks like one of the angels but I but it was so fast the way it was done you really it, unless you were paying attention to the screen and then you see his face his reaction you it kind of uh tells you yeah you might have seen what you just thought you saw yeah, well, you're better than me because I didn't pick up on it at the time. I figured it was going to be relevant, but yeah. I, and I think it was, I think it was uh, Tom Brooks' frame that, like, just like I was just like, wait a minute, there, there aren't very many, you know, thin, tall guys in this show, and and I was just like, wait a minute, that's him, that's him. Um, but it, is it De Blanc or is it Fior? Hmm. Well, we have to go to episode two to find out. Yes, the the Mumbai Sky Tower, which seems to be an Indian themed casino in the middle of nowhere. I yeah, I was not ready for this at all. Like just the the whole the whole Mumbai thing. I just 
it, it, it put, transplanted me like, are we not in the United States anymore? I, I know we were. And I realized that like afterwards, okay, this is just a theme. But it just, it really, it really disoriented me for, you know, maybe five or 10 minutes. I was just like, I, I don't understand what we just did, but <laughs> I, I kind of, I just, my head immediately went to sort of Las Vegas trashy theme casinos. So, um, it, it, it looked, it looked too fake to me to be, you know, that they had literally gone to Mumbai. So, uh, if it wasn't going to be Indian, it was going to be Egyptian or it was going to be something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we have this scene right at the beginning. So we pick up exactly as the previous episode uh, left off. He raises his gun, he shoots, and right at that second, a van crosses the path. The guy's head gets blown up, and the van then swerves and crashes into the Saint of Killers. Oh, and- one important point, though. Uh, Jesse tries to use the voice on him, and it doesn't work. Yes. Yes, true. But I was thinking, you know, what is the the uh, likelihood of this happening? And I'm starting to wonder if they're just getting a bit too lucky and maybe God is not quite as absent as we think. Ooh. You know, is, ooh. is, that, is this a, an act of God just a kind of quick lit? I mean, admittedly, at the cost of some poor driver, much like many of the civilians in this if you're not part of the main cast, and even sometimes if you are, you know, things do not end well for you in this series. No, they don't. They don't end well at the end of this episode. Yeah, so we've got the, the greater association of gun aficionados, as oh, I wrote down. Oh, boy. Gar- Gaga, for short. Um, oh, my gosh. I didn't even recognize that. Yeah, I, I, that can't be a coincidence. Uh, no such thing as coincidence in a script. And... Yeah, so they all run out of their rooms hearing what's going on, armed to the teeth. And Jesse uses... the. You see the Saint of Killers starting to get up again, and he uses the word. And as part of that, by saying stop him, he basically gets all these people killed. I mean, they probably would have been killed anyway, but there's just, a, you know, his, there's consequences. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't think he's 100% got it yet. No, and they unleash Hellfire uh, on just a barrage of bullets. Yeah. And uh, right in the middle of this, we have Tulip with the TV on, discovering that Anvil, the town from last season, has been completely destroyed. And Walter, her... Was he actual father or adoptive father? Um presumably killed as well and everyone they know there is gone so this is sort of hitting her and he comes in and says jesse comes in and says you know we've got to get out of here but then sits down and then they're only really stopped when the tv is shot up because all around them as they're sitting there there's this kind of pitch battle going on between these um uh, the gaga people and the saint of killers yeah <laughs> i wasn't really I, I, that struck me a little weird when they when they all sat down to watch uh, the footage of Anvil, because I thought, wait a minute, you guys were there. I don't understand why. Are they mourning the fact that it happened, or they didn't know it had happened? That was the thing. Oh, that's they right. They drove, drove away. Off. Yes, they drove away, and then it blew up. So this is completely new to them. Um, and yeah, I don't think they would have like just turned and left. You know, if it if it happened before they went, so. Um, and yeah, we've got the, they're like sort of hiding out at this vending machine area. Oh boy. And there's a guy missing an arm. Again, talk about the, the gore aspects of this. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of your saving Private Ryan moment. Yeah. So there's a guy missing an arm who wants a root beer, but he got a ginger ale or something instead out of the machine. And, you know, just as I was, and, and they, they get out. But just as I was thinking, you know, this is kind of like Terminator, they literally, you know, Cassidy turns around and says, you know, I can think of three scenarios here. You know, it's Terminator, Terminator 2, or Lord of the Rings. And, yeah, I, I, I was amused that it was about the same moment that I was thinking about Terminator. Well, it, yeah. And it's almost, it's interesting the way in which 
Cassidy seems to throw out the references because I, I was thinking that myself. I was like, oh boy, you know, so we, we basically got kind of Terminator situation and he spells it out. I mean, it's funny how the script works that they, they're, you know, kind of, you know, breaking fourth walls indirectly, you know, just through, you know, dialogue. But, it, you know, it's like, okay, exactly. This is how this is supposed to be laid out. You're supposed to get this feel for it. Yeah. Um, and then he says he just remembers the advert that he saw on the TV um, at the motel, which was the amazing Ganesh. And he says, you'll never believe who it is. And then we get a flashback going back a couple of weeks or whenever um, to Fior, uh sitting at the side of the road, you know, and there's the buses that were in the previous season going past. And he gets on a bus to go to the um, the Mumbai uh, Sky Tower. And then we have this montage sequence of him basically going through, you know, gambling sex and a variety of things and trying to kill himself um and of course you know every time he dies he just comes back to life even more depressed um and then you know he does it at this uh what's it uh frank patel who's doing the who's actually singing the that's life Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. playing over this montage sequence who's uh vic sahe from chuck um, if you ever watch Chuck, he was in the sort of band within that. Um, so, you know, kind of know that he's a singer in some way. But he, he takes the microphone um, off him and just puts it into the water next to him and kills himself. But then immediately appears on stage with the flash of light and has a new career. And he is now um, the amazing Ganesh, who is killed in a variety of ways um, for the for the enjoyment of the audience it's it's the it's the prestige but you get to see everything yeah uh literally everything as his guts spill out of oh uh, i was not i i mean i knew it was going to happen but you know and then we it's interesting the this kind of social commentary because to watch this show you have to kind of desensitize yourself to the gore and at the same point you have these the 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 people that are that are paying money to see the amazing Ganesh, um, and they are now putting on Gallagher like uh, raincoats. Uh, yes, be- because, because it's the, going to be bloody because of the buckets of blood. And I have to wonder <clears throat> if we are that audience. Well, know? I think there's a commentary there. Do we do we just want the blood every week, and they have to up it? You know, yeah. Um, maybe that's why we've got more gore, but as you say, this is all sort of fourth wall meta commentary. Um, but it's also done, it's funny. I mean, it's, it's done very realistically, um, but it's still funny. Well, Uh, and you get it. I I mean, I got a smile on my face when Fior figured out, oh, this is what I can do. I, you know, people clapped, you know, like I've got this, I'm happy. I haven't been yeah. happy for for weeks, and now something is in my life that is making me happy. And it doesn't seem to last for long until no. that wears off again. No, but, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, we have them. We have our heroes turning up to look for Fior, and Tulip goes off for a drink, and uh, Cassie and Jesse go off to talk to our angel. And just at that point, you know, the the terminally ill child is wheeled in who says you know what's your secret you know how do you avoid death you know, clearly because it's a terminally ill child and he's like no i'm not going to give away my secrets like that and the child is wheeled out and he's clearly fed up with this whole thing yeah. already because he's like you know god not another one um and so they talk to him and they say you know can you help us with this, uh, with the saint of killers? And he says, well, you know, it can, t- I can tell you exactly what's going on. Cause I hired him. And, uh, and we did, we did kind of see that. Yeah. I in, think that was the one. end. Yeah. Season one. And, uh, they say he, he, he reveals, which it hadn't occurred to me is what's attracting the saint of killers is every time he uses Genesis. So he used it, you know, at the, 
um, Mike's place and he's used it at these various places and that's what's luring him. So assuming that this is going to keep up for the for a good part of the series, you've now got this tension that he has this gift, but he can't use it quite as freely as before because if he does use it, he's going to draw in the Saint of Killers. And people will die because yeah, that's been proven. Yeah, and he has... He has seen, you know, a lot of people die. Um, and he, you know, but he still, he tr- they try and convince Fior and they say, you know, God's missing, blah, blah, blah. And he said, and he has the line about the, you know, the, there's just one tiny thing that's stopping me from helping you, blah, blah, blah. I just don't give a shit. And, there it is. And, yeah. But he seems Cass- surprised that God was missing, which I, yes. which I was like, ooh, okay. So I mean, this this isn't this hasn't been that long. Yeah, and he's also he's mourning the fact that um, De Blanc got killed off, and that's the other reason why he doesn't help them is because they get his name wrong. Because they there was a debate earlier between them as the you know is this Fior or is this De Blanc? We're not sure, and he's like, no, my, I'm Fior, by the way. And um, to, and DeBlanc was his best friend. Yeah, best friend who was also killed by the Saint of Killers. Um, and uh, Cass says, you know, just just give me a crack at him. You know, I, we've got history together. Um, and he's like, how long is this going to take? And he says, two hours, 45 minutes. And we get the little timer <laughs> appearing on the screen. <laughs> it's those little... <clears throat> It's those little touches that I like uh, a lot in this show. And then so at that point, we line up with yet another montage. Well, no, we don't go the, the Cassidy Fior montage yet. No, I think we're, we've got uh, Tulip and Jesse have a conversation about the town and about how she's sort of processing all emotionally everything that's happened. Uh, and she talks about Walter and there's the story about, you know, he turned up at her graduation you know, drunk and falling off things and stuff, but she didn't mind because he wore a suit and tie. And that, you know, that was the only time he'd ever done that. So she, she was happy. And Jesse is like, you know, is there anything we can do here? And her uh, answer, which seems to be an answer to many things is let's get a room. Yes. And, uh, cut somewhat later. And, uh, they're debating the, the next place in the room that they're going to um, have sex. And uh, Jesse comes in with an extremely ill-timed, let's get married. Yeah. How about and, that? And then we cut to uh, Fior coming into his room and you see uh, <laughs> Cassidy standing there with the, the full apron on and the blowtorch. And he's saying, you know, let's talk. And I was assuming, you know, this is a setup for some horrible torture. Exactly. Or whatever. Exactly. To come. And then we cut back to uh, Jesse getting a big slap for, um, for suggesting marriage. Although she comes around to it for about five minutes. And Yeah, I thought uh, then- the marriage thing was even more bolstering the dark side of Jesse. Like, if they did get married... That when the secret comes out, it's only going to enrage him that much further. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to we're piling secrets on top of secrets here um, that you know Cassidy knows about. Uh, but yeah, we'll come to that in a sec. But yeah, we've got this great sort of heroin fueled Archie comic reading montage sequence uh, with Fior and Cassidy as they. The, seemingly take every drug under the sun um and yes well drugs are bad kids but well uh, and we do learn that mainlining in the uh carotid artery will kill you yes a a bit less heroin next time um but i thought it was quite funny and i like the kind of like you can see there is a sort of like there's a sort of vague bromance sort of thing going on between them as well, or maybe more than that. Just right at the end of the sequence, the way I thought, you know, Fior's looking at him. But he he sort of, he's changed his mind, and he is going to help them. And, uh, you know, the we, we have uh, Jesse and... Uh, Jesse's waiting downstairs 
like they're gonna uh there's the marriage thing and he's standing there with a pager with a big heart on it and talking to fior who's saying you know yes he will help them he will sort of call off the safer killers and jesse immediately starts kind of undoing cass's good work because he's like yeah i kind of think i'm gonna use this you know gift this is for me and um you just sort of start to see the cracks forming in in fuel's resolve mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and yeah oh then we have um uh tulip i've written down ruth which is to the actress's name tulip sees somebody uh across the the room and you know there's this sort of look of recognition and she says oh i just need to go change my shirt um and she she goes off to track down this person that she's seen uh clutching the the pager to to let her know when the the wedding ceremony is about to start yeah that's that's a crucial piece of prop that we are going to use later yeah um and then frank patel and uh jesse talk sinatra for a while uh and frank seems to have a bit of violence in him as well uh and then he says, you know, uh, something like, people like violence, but just don't forget the music. And then we get the ding and the literal light bulb lighting up in the background of the scene as uh, Jesse remembers that, yeah, it's all about the jazz. And that's, that's how they, they can go from here. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to Tulip in her, uh, the, the hotel room. Yeah, and she's actually changing her top, so to sort of uh, make her lie believable. And uh, there's a knock at the door, and it is Gary, who works for this mysterious Victor. And uh, they have a bit of back and forward, and she does not want to talk to this Victor character, who's clearly... Do we know anything about this? Have we heard this before? I don't think so. Okay. I I don't, don't even remember the name. Um, it might have cropped up, but I don't remember it. Um, and I think it's just like your literal past catching up with you. Yeah, we know and, t- we know Tulip in season one has been into stuff, but we don't know yeah. how far or to what extent. Yeah, and uh, she will not talk on the phone, and she kind of knocks the phone out of his hand, and uh, then you know. Th- it ensu- a fight ensues, and she gets thrown around the room for a good part of it, not looking like she's going to have much uh, comeback against this guy, who's a real big guy. Um, but by the end of it, you know, she beats him to death with the wedding chapel buzzer. Um, and uh, pretty much at that point, I think uh, Cassidy walks in on this, and she's like, do not tell Jesse anything about this. Yeah, yet another secret building up another yeah. another, another another platform for uh Jesse to snap on. Yeah. And yeah, Jesse's still downstairs waiting with Fior and uh Tulip appears and says, you know, she's changed her mind but not about the the top that she's going to wear. She's changed her mind about getting married. And uh they we get the thing where She's sitting in the car, and again, there's the the little ding and the, oh the my gosh, the-, the sound editing and those types of things are in t- just very very well done. I yeah, really so liked the, it. There's like the the reversing light or something of the car yes, behind lights yes. up. Uh, just and because Jesse's worked out the one place that they know where there's jazz that God has clearly gone, so they have to go there. Is New Orleans, which is where Victor is. So, you know, and where it's she, also very cheap for production. Hmm. If you're going to do a TV show, you're going to go to Louisiana. Yeah. Um, do we know? Is it f- where this is all filmed? Is it filmed around there? If um, I'm not mistaken, it is. If I was watching an episode, I've become kind of a YouTube junkie, James, and I don't want to. I don't want to delve too far into it. Um, because I never understood YouTube, uh, and now I think I do, sort of. But I was watching an episode of Hot Ones, though the show where they eat the hot wings and then they have an interview. Right, okay. Uh, I highly recommend it. And uh, Seth Rogen and um, 
Dominic Cooper were on, and I believe they were talking about Louisiana and its cuisine. But again, my memory and the way I perceive things, you be the judge, I, but I think so. So long as you didn't dream the whole thing. That's right. We're good. Right. Um, yeah, and then we have the last scene, which is uh, Jesse is going to use the, the the word to summon in the Saint of Killers, and Fiora is going to um, uh, cancel the hit. And he says, yeah, what shall I say? So he says, find peace. And, Oof. you know, this is... This is clearly another thing where he should, you know, choose his words more carefully. Yeah, he uses um, these open-ended phrases, and it's never done really well. Yeah, do, have people learned nothing from, you know, genies? No, they certainly haven't. And so, yeah, Fior finds peace the only way he can by selling them out, telling the Saint of Killers that um, he's gone to... Um, New Orleans and I think he might have done it anyway because he was already I think starting to re- you know when he was listening to Jesse in the in the wedding chapel and Jesse was kind of full of the this is this is all mine my gift um, but he he says that he says you know he he just can't be trusted with this and he's got one final um, request of the Saint of Killers so he goes out for his show um, the last show, he gets shot from the back of the room and does not come back to life. And we have the audience sitting there boo. booing uh, because they didn't get their blood. And that was the point where I was thinking, are, are we the audience here? You know? Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was like it was just dead silent and everybody was waiting for it. Even the uh, spotlight guy and nothing happened and everyone was upset. Uh, except for Theo, who has a look of sort yes. of, I'm not sure, happiness or relief or something. Let's call it um, peace? Yeah, he found his peace. Oh. And yeah, and that's, we're only two episodes in, and I, I don't know where we're going to go. I saw accidentally um, some cast for a future episode and who was the characters that were turning up. Mm-hmm. And let's say that we're going to see a popular character from season one who we might not have expected to see again. And uh, we are going to see somebody else who's going to be in the scenes with him, which is very interesting. Well, we'll if, come- if we're going down this path, we were alluded to this. And let me, let me, let me see, without, without knowing what you know, Fior kind of gives uh, Jesse a bit of a shaming you know, you used that voice and you sent that boy to hell. Yeah. And yeah. so we know R's face just got got brought up. And Jesse also asks, but doesn't get an answer to what hell is like. Yeah. And so, so I'm thinking, are we going to hell at some point? I think we're going to hell in season, in episode four. So... Uh, that that looks like it will be an interesting one. But the pacing of these two episodes so far have been wonderful. Like, I mean, it's almost like it's split into into a nice like three sections of story every time, which I, I'm I'm kind of appreciating. Uh, to the to the realm of stuff that maybe I was watching this year and having really interesting characters and a broader uh scope of narrative. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm liking the how this is going. That you know, we've got this setup, which is like this road trip, and we're going to find God. But that can, you know, you can imagine pretty much anything can happen with that setup. And you know, they're driving through the middle of nowhere, but you know, we're going to get to a, a a big city now. And yeah, I, I'm wondering how it's going to go. Like, are we going to have like? Uh, pitched battles with the Saint of Killers in New Orleans, or how you know? Yeah, what, I mean that's that could it could be a huge body count if not done properly. 
Yeah, and I don't think we'll get there, but, you know, until now we've been in this very, you know, little small rural town and then we've been on the road. Um, I wonder, if are we going to get a, a change in tone? Or It's very know. hard to say, but th- this is for, again, we've given you two episodes now. If you have not started, now's the time. Now is 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 really the time to watch a really very you know I, I gotta say I'm not a huge Seth Rogen fan, mm. but the guy has done well at producing this very well I think and I just I I mean I kind of give kudos to him because you know his his sensibility his comedy sensibilities have have always been a little odd to me. And a little over the top, and this is definitely has over the topness and 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 kind of dark comedy, but it's done in a really um i think kind of a smart way, yeah, I think was he involved with the Green Hornet movie that was like you know, four or five years ago or something he, like well, that? well, I believe he played the Green Hornet, if I'm not mistaken. Then yes, he would be involved. But yes. I think he was possibly involved on the writing side as well. But hopefully, he learned from that experience because um, that wasn't a particularly great film. No, um, but, it wasn't. But yeah, I think this is this is really good stuff, and and I think uh, hopefully we will be joined uh, next week uh, by some other people, who, right? Who will. It will be interesting to hear. I know some people that we know who have seen this are not 100% sold, and some are more sold, so we'll see. Well, I mean, we have a back seat to our car, and so we need to have that Cassidy uh, position filled on our, yes, on our, road, our road down to uh, our highway to heaven, so, yes. so it might be. Uh, and I'm now imagining the sort of Cassidy and Don Melton, who's one of the people who we were talking to about this. Yeah, I can see Don as Cassidy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> or have we given anything away? That's just one person, though. There's still yeah, two that, others. Th- there's, yeah, there's... Wait, does that mean... Am I Jesse or am I Tulip? I just want to check, check that out first. I think, I think you're definitely Jesse because you've got the voice. I, I I'll take that. All right, and I'll take. I guess I'm going to take uh, tulip, but I don't know if I hold any particular uh, characteristics that she does. Well, um, uh, hmm. I think you, you're as forthright as she is. Let's okay. put it that way. There we go. So don't just stop using your voice. Yeah. Um. Well, shall we wrap this one up then? I think we should wrap it up, folks. Find us on the the Twitter sphere. Email email us through the incomparable, uh, and we'll see if we can't grab back some questions and have some you know sideline commentary. Uh, and so this is the first one of a few more. And jump on board and get on get on the highway with us. Yep, I will see you on the road. Sounds great. 